Welcome to Happier Talk. What is more important for you, to focus on your weaknesses or focus on your strengths? When this question was posed to over a million people around the world, the overwhelming majority said, weaknesses. It turns out that the majority of people, in this case, were wrong. Those who primarily focus on and exercise their strengths are happier, more successful, both at home and at work. But just deciding to focus on strengths is not always enough. Today, we will discuss how to put our best side to work so that we can fulfill our potential and flourish as parents, partners, friends, and professionals. A world expert in the area of strength-based approach, he is the psychologist and education director of the Global VIA Institute on Character, the leader in advancing the science and practice of character strengths. He has written several books and is a sought-after speaker who has delivered hundreds of presentations across the globe in universities and to the general public. Let's meet Dr. Ryan Nemick, who can help us unleash the strengths that lie within. Welcome, Ryan. It's so great to have you here on Happier Talk. It's a great pleasure to be here. I love reconnecting with you again, Tal. Well, thank yeah. you. You know, Ryan, uh, the strength-based approach has really made a big difference in my life, applying it to, to my role as a parent, as, as a professional in education. And separately, mindfulness has also made a very big difference in my life, meditating on a regular basis, doing yoga. You bring these two worlds together. Why and how? You know, I've had a passion for mindfulness and mindfulness meditation since the late 1990s and have been studying it and learning about it, practicing it, delivering it to hundreds and hundreds of groups and people, and have just found how effective mindfulness is for people and to really tune more into themselves and to their world around them. And I began to study deepen since my work at the VIA Institute with character strengths, I began to really study the character strength science and the character strength practices. And, uh, and that's really all of what I do is I, I talk about the integration of these two areas, the science and practice of character strengths. And I was realizing there's these two incredible areas that hadn't really been brought together very well in positive psychology. People seem to love mindfulness, and there's a lot of research and practice supporting it. People love character strengths, a lot of research and practice around it, but no one was bringing them together, and they were two passion areas of mine, and it's great to follow your passion, right? <laughs> so I then was thinking, well, let's play around with this integration. And what happened for me was this kind of image of, and this is kind of where it started, of two great trees kind of growing up side by side. So you have kind of mindfulness on one side as one tree and character strengths as another. And separate over the, the centuries. And when you really begin to look at mindfulness, you begin to look at character strengths, we begin to see that they're actually quite connected. Mm. We begin to see that if we practice mindfulness, we're actually practicing our character strengths mm -hmm. and vice versa. And so this, this kind of image for me shifted and the two trees are actually kind of winding around each other, not exactly one, but winding around and they share a similar root structure. So they have a similar history, uh, similar philosophical and religious roots, some different, some similar. And they're kind of really growing up in reality, kind of side by side intertwining. And when you look up at the branches, you see kind of mindfulness bearing this wonderful yellow fruit and character strengths bearing this wonderful red fruit. Uh, 
But really, when you dig into the practices of the two, you do begin to see that they're all one, and you can't really see in the branches mm -hmm. where one tree separates from the other, and then they bear this beautiful orange fruit when you begin to eat. Wow, wow. So, so if, if I understand correctly, what you're saying is that when, I, when I'm being mindful, when I'm focusing on the present moment, when I'm aware, uh, I'm more aware also of my character strengths, and then when I'm practicing my character strengths, I'm more likely to be mindful to be in the present moment. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was really, there's two main ways to integrate and bring these two together. One is what I call strong mindfulness, which is bringing your character strengths to your mindfulness practice. Okay. Because, so this is part one, and, and so people often struggle with having any kind of regular routine or practice, Correct. and especially with meditation or mindfulness. And so why not turn to your very best core qualities? This is what a lot of mindfulness leaders are not talking about. Turn to your very best qualities, your character strength, your perseverance, your bravery, your hope, your leadership, your gratitude, and have that then help you get over your meditation obstacles, whether it's you don't want to practice, you forgot to practice, your mind's wandering. All right, so help me. My character strength, one of my character strengths, is the love of learning. Mm -hmm. You know, I love exploring, learning, I'm curious. I uh, want to know more. How can that be integrated into my mindfulness practice? Sure. So one way is that you could you know, br bring forth uh, a, a deeper study of, of mindfulness. So you have this passion for learning. So you could then study different practices and then play them out in your, in your actual practice. And while you're maybe practicing Zen meditation, then you, you might do that for a couple of weeks and then your love of learning kicks in, you want to learn more and mm -hmm. so then you might do some mindful walking and that becomes your practice for a while and constantly soaking in more and more information as you dig deeper and deeper. You know, another way to kind of think about it like is if somebody is, is having a, the, op, the, com the most common obstacle with mindfulness is mind wandering. People think my mind's wandering off, I, I can't do this, I, I, it's not for me, I'm doing something wrong. And so then it's like, well, Rather than escaping from the practice, rather than avoiding it, rather than stepping away and saying it's not for you, why not turn to your best qualities? So maybe the person's best quality is perseverance. So how can I stick with this and use persevering thoughts? I can do this, that kind of thing, to be able to stick with it. Maybe it's gratitude, you know, but whatever the strength is. So if it's gratitude, uh -huh. what would a person with, uh, with the strength of, of gratitude do? So, so they're having trouble with mind wandering and this kind of thing. So then they say, oh, well, my best core quality is gratitude. So why don't I then weave in a gratitude practice at the end of my meditation? So at the end of the meditation, I'm going to practice gratitude for whatever it might be, being alive, for my body being healthy, for the world, for this person or that person. And if that's woven into every single meditation period, every single day, you get excited, you want to then meditate, and you, and you can overcome the mind wandering because you know that you're going to be focused on gratitude. You mm -hmm. have more energy to focus on that particular strength. Interesting. Um, maybe if we can do one more example. How about humor? If mm -hmm. humor is a, is a strength and, and the person is having uh, difficulties meditating, what, how? How, how can that help? Sure, yeah, well humor is so much about being playful and smiling and laughing. Uh, can go into, of course, telling jokes, being friendly with people and, and this. You know, into the meditation practice, bring in more smiling. We know that when you smile, that that relaxes hundreds of muscles in the face. And so that's just a part of the humor quality. I mean, of course, you could bring in a chuckle if you wanted to. And, you know, there's some kind of uh, 
monks that will literally laugh during their mindfulness mm. practice. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. And that's a way to make it more your own, make it your own personal. Yes. Yeah, so, so Can I tell one quick story on that uh, story? Uh, on this, sorry to, um, I was at a, a retreat maybe 10 years ago and uh, a Buddhist retreat that I was attending. And I went up away from the group into this beautiful, spacious meditation area. And I went into practice meditation to kind of be alone, to reflect during the experience. And I noticed in the room there was a, a young man sitting on a zafu or a cushion already in there in the quiet with his eyes closed. And so I walked over to a cushion and I just kind of looked over at him. And he had this beautiful hmm. little smile on his face. And it was just so powerful. And it's been literally emblazed in my mind since then, I mean, 10 years ago. Um, just, just seeing just how peaceful, content, and happy he was in that space. And that smile kind of just said it all. And, and then that helped me in my practice that particular day. And I've kind of remembered that, that maybe he was just being very true to his character strength. Maybe, maybe he knew his strength, maybe he didn't. But there was something about that that was very aligned. Mm. He was aligning his strengths with his experience. So what you're saying is that we can align our personal character strength with our mindfulness practice. In other words, we're personalizing the practice, making it our own, yes. rather than taking a, you know, a generic off-the-shelf uh, product, so to speak. Absolutely, yep. Uh, th th that's fantastic. So are there actual practices that we can do um, day in and day out? Okay, so this uh, applies to my daily practice, but is there something that I can do while working, while attending to my kids? Absolutely. Yeah. One exercise that people have really enjoyed, I mean, there's many, but one exercise that people have really enjoyed is something that I call the mindful pause. And so this is a very simple two-step process. And it applies to absolutely whatever you're doing. Uh, and it's particularly helpful in transitioning in from moment to moment, from task to task, from, say, washing the dishes to then playing with the kids, definitely from going from work then to into the home life, all those kind of mini transitions, going into starting to eat the food, um, or in the midst of a stressful work day. And so it's just these two simple steps. It's simply pausing, your eyes open or closed, and pausing for about 10 seconds. You just feel your in-breath and your out-breath. And it's as if you're sort of short-circuiting your mind. You, the mind kind of gets in all this circuitry where we're completely kind of unraveled with some kind of slew of thinking. So we pause. We break that circuitry. We come to our breath. And if we come to our breath, that means that we're in the present moment. And it could just be 10 seconds. That's step one. And then step two is at the very end of the 10 seconds, you leave yourself with one question that you can also answer. And that is, what character strength might I bring forth right now? And Wow. So, so as, you, as you were talking, I was, I was going through it, and, and it's really great. Because what came up for me immediately was curiosity. So I'm very curious about, about this practice. And, you know, and, I, and I think about 
um, my time with my kids. You know, another character strength that I can bring is uh, is, is playfulness and humor mm -hmm. uh, with, with, with kids. The key, though, is to stop because we don't stop. You know, we're, we're running around like like headless chickens throughout <laughs> the day, and and there are so many uh, distractions, whether it's technology, whether it's uh, the multitasking. Um, and, and just the stopping, even as you said, for 10 seconds can make a very big difference. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it kind of it breaks free from that automatic pilot nature that just dominates our day. And, and also that aspect of adding in the character strength question is something very unique that, that meditation teachers don't tend to talk mm -hmm. about. And it's, and it's so important because it's, it's, it's an open-ended question so the individual can then find and discover what's best for them in that moment. So for me, two examples. For me, the most common strength to come up for me in doing the mindful pause is love because that's my highest strength. That's my signature strength. And often I then immediately, when that comes up, I go to my kids and my wife and I'm very warm and playful and genuine and sweet and we're, and we're really uh, focused on what they're doing. So that comes up, and it's kind of a reminder. I know I have this strength already, but we need these reminders because we forget. We treat them unconsciously and take them for granted. Uh, another example that kind of surprised me is after a mindful pause, I had heard the garage door open and my wife and kids were, were coming into the house. I was at the end of a work day. I did the mindful pause, and the strength that came up was teamwork. And actually, that's not a high strength for me. It's probably kind of a middle strength, lower strength for me. But teamwork came up, so I said, I'm going to honor that. That's what my body and mm -hmm. mind are bringing forth. And, uh, and so I thought, okay, well, maybe I can bring forth teamwork as my wife and kids are w walking in. And kids went and kind of started to kind of play with some toys. And I said to my wife, well, can I actually help you with cooking? No, normally I don't touch the cooking. My wife loves cooking. It's a hobby of hers, a passion of hers. She's great with it. But I thought, well, maybe as a team. And so we began to cook together. She mm. was teaching me things, and I was trying to help out, you know, <laughs> struggling but helping. <laughs> and um, I, I ended up developing a new hobby because of that. So now I actually do some cooking mm -hmm. because of that mindful pause that catalyzed and I honored that strength coming forth. So any of the 24 strengths are possible to come forth in a mindful pause, and we want to honor any of them because we have all, all of them. Do you have an actual rule of thumb or recommendation as to how many times a day we should have these 10-second pauses? Gosh, <laughs> how many 10-second uh, periods are there in a day? <laughs> you know, you know we, I think when it comes to mindfulness practices, we do have to start small to help people to engage. I think one of the problems with mindfulness programs and practices that they've emerged, especially in the last 20 years, is that people really kind of get wrapped up in, I've got to do 45 minutes a day mm. or else I've failed. And, and when I've been doing this so much with students and clients, most people won't do it. I mean, some will, and they'll be very dedicated. They use their self-regulation strength, their prudent strength. They plan, they do it, but most won't. And we know that brain changes happen with briefer meditation mm. periods um, as well. So why not capitalize on people's, what they're willing to do, what they're motivated to do, so we start small. So with mindful pauses, you know, you, you might start with two a day. You might mm. kind of pair it with waking up and then going to bed. You might pair it with every meal. You might pair it when you're stressed. You, you know, so start with one, move to two, three. That's, yeah. that, that's great. And you know, what, I, what I very much like about the 10-second the, the pause that you propose is that it's accessible to, to anyone. I mean, we all have 10 seconds that we can <laughs> spare. And 
the, the, the nice thing about it is when you start it, it can launch an upward spiral. Because mm. as you described, you, the 10 seconds led to then cooking with your wife and having a wonderful time. The 10 seconds led to embracing uh, your kids. The, you know, the 10 questions can lead you to go and read something, and that starts a process. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I, 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 and I love the kind of image of an upward positive spiral, and Barbara Fredrickson you know, really talks about that a lot. I actually use something that's very, very similar, but with character strengths, she talks about that with positive emotions. With character strengths, I call it sort of a virtuous cycle. Um, and so where your mindfulness pausing leads you to use your strength, and then when you start to express your strengths, you begin to be a little bit more tuned in, a little mm -hmm. bit more mindful, a little bit more savvy and smart of how you use them. And that makes you a little bit more tuned in, a little bit more savvy of the details, the mindfulness of the details, and then you're more proficient with your strengths. And it's this wonderful virtuous cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, as you know, we so often people talk about the vicious cycle and, and how we can get into slews of negative mm -hmm. thinking, which leads to uncomfortableness in the body, which leads to negative emotions. And then there's this vicious cycle people get trapped in mm -hmm. before they know it, they've spiraled into an anxiety attack or a stressful, overwhelmed state. But this is kind of a, a different type of cycle that people can tap into at any moment in the day, a virtuous cycle. You know, it, it makes me think that you can even tap into this virtual cycle in the midst of a vicious cycle. So that's mm -hmm. I'm having an argument mm -hmm. with, you know, with my wife or my kids or, or at work. I can just take, you know, a 10-second pause and say, okay, what strength do I want to bring in after that 10-second pause? What strength do I want to bring in to this situation? And that can dismantle, can be an antidote to the vicious cycle. Absolutely. Yeah, bring the two together. And, and that's, isn't that what so much of what positive psychology is about? It's, it's about not just tuning into strength and happiness and positive relationships, but how do we bring that to the struggles and the, the vicissitudes of life and the suffering of life? And I think that's a perfect example of that. So is there another exercise that integrates mindfulness and character strength? Sure, there, there's many. You know, one that I particularly like gets at just how powerful our signature strengths are. So these qualities that are very best in us, that are most core to who we are as human beings, they're called signature strengths, or the ones that tend to be highest in a person's via survey results. And so this exercise involves focusing on one of them. So would you like to practice I'd it? I'd love to. Okay, great. So what I invite you to do, and I'll practice it with you, is to select one of your highest signature strengths. Maybe it comes up number one in your VIA survey results. Whatever your strength you believe and feel is most core to who you are as a person. And so after you've selected that strength, Take a moment to see just how important this strength is in your life. Really imagine it. Take notice of how you use this strength in so many different ways. With your family, at work, with friends, with sport, how it's woven so deeply into the fabric of what you do and who you are, your identity and your 
performance. Your being and your doing. So much of where you've gotten to today in relationship, successful things, is because, in part, of this signature strength. It's so important to you. Breathing with this reality. Breathing in, seeing the signature strength, how much it's helped you. Breathing out the signature strength. And now, I'd like you to imagine something different. I'd like you to imagine that for the next month, you're not allowed to use this strength. So imagine that you have to go about day-to-day -day life completely without the strength. And notice, what would that feel like? What does that feel like in your body? What does it feel like in your mind? For the next month, you can't use this strength. So people that choose curiosity, they can't explore new things, you can't meet new people, you can't ask anybody any questions, you can't surf the internet, you can't travel, just for the next month. For those who choose love, you can't express warmth and genuineness to people, you can't value your close relationships, you certainly can't receive any love, absolutely can't hug and kiss anybody, just for the next month. What'd that feel like? If you chose prudence, you can't express wise caution. You can't be conscientious. You can't be respectful. You can't be planful. You can't be goal-oriented for the next month. And so getting in touch with how that would feel to not have this core quality your signature strength. Okay, so then I'll invite you to really take a deep breath and let it go. And as you're comfortable opening your eyes, releasing that. It's not real. That didn't actually happen. I'm very glad it's not real. <laughs> what did you... Oh, it, well, let me ask you this way. In, in a word or phrase, how did that feel? Um, sad and heavy. Mm. Mm -hmm. So my, the top strength that I worked with was my curiosity. And um, as soon as you said, imagine a month without it, that immediately translated for me, you know, stop learning, stop asking questions. Um, and that suddenly took away the, uh, you know, almost the, the life's breath. Mm, mm -hmm. I felt it physically being mm -hmm. sapped out of me. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, there's, there are all these stories that we know, and there's also research about it by Irvin Yalom from Stanford University, people who, who are terminally ill, who are told that they're about to die, and how at those times they actually begin to appreciate life mm. uh, in, in, in a deeper, more meaningful way because there is the threat, the real threat of, of life being taken away from them. And, and this exercise reminds me of that to some mm. extent because you know, what if you, if you would have to do without curiosity or love or prudence, what would your life look like? And, and that certainly makes me so much more appreciative mm. uh, of, of the strength to remind ourselves not to take them for granted. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to think, what if this part of me wasn't there anymore? Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit on it perfectly. We feel so much more great gratefulness and appreciation. Mm. So this is something that I think we need to also do uh, regularly. Uh, in order to remind ourselves to mm -hmm. appreciate. Mm -hmm. Ryan, this has been uh, incredible. So I'm going to certainly start with 10 seconds. I'm going to uh, do it three times a day. At least I'm actually going to have reminders to remind me to, mm. to take those 10 second pauses. Um, and thank you very much for all the wonderful and important work that you're doing. Thank you for being on Happier Talk. My pleasure, Tal. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. For more interviews, reflections, ideas on happiness, please join us on Happier TV.